1: The Canadians lose by a score of 6-3 to to the Ottawa Senators. The distribution of ice time for the defensemen, 5-on-5. You'll find very interesting, especially one player in particular who drew a pretty tough assignment. We'll talk about him. We'll talk about one Montreal Canadiens player who called out an Ottawa Senators player. Was he right to do it? Was it his place? Another Montreal Canadiens player is set to return, the most anticipated return since. We'll ask Brian Wilde about it. And if he doesn't play tomorrow... When will he? We'll also do a class of math. All of that coming up on the Sick Podcast. I'm Marinero with Brian Wild of Global TV Montreal.
2: Turn up your volume. volume. Because you're about to listen to the Sick Podcast. podcast. With Tony Marinero, The Sickest Montreal Canadiens Podcast. And
1: now, a 24th Stanley Cup banner will hang... From the rafters of the famous Forum in Montreal, the Canadians win the
2: Stanley Cup. Sports entertainment like no other. Brought to you by 8.6 Beer, intense by nature, and Lacage. If the last time you went to Lacage was when the Habs won the Cup, it's time you went back to Lacage. The menu will surprise you.
1: It is the Sick Podcast. I'm Marinero brought to you by 8.6 Beer Intense. The way we like it by nature, the beer for those who follow their instinct and live their passions in order to make their mark and La Cage. If the last time you went to La Cage was when the Habs won the cup, that was back in 1993. It's time you go back to La Cage. The menu will surprise you. As a matter of fact, I got a call from my cousin Gina the other day who visited Lacage and LaSalle on the weekend and she had uh tuna tartare or salmon tartare one of the two anyway she called to tell me what she had what her husband had what her kids had and she told me that the menu surprised her the food was awesome I said you see Gina I told you so mm-hmm. and joining us today from Global TV Montreal Brian Wild. how you doing Brian? I'm very well. How are you doing, Tony? Very well. The Quebec Nordiques, look at that, huh?
0: You bet. Bring them back. Bring them back, baby. You know, if uh, the commissioner of the NHL were a Canadian, they would have been brought back ages ago, right? Yeah.
1: And your favorite Quebec Nordique of all time was?
0: I'm going to go Peter Stastny.
2: Yeah.
1: Good one. Come on. It's got to be. Yeah. And mine was?
0: (laughs) Ah... Stashney
1: as well. Fleur. <laughs> yeah, okay.
0: Yeah, yeah, sure. No, right.
1: I I I think uh, Peter Stashney was uh, in my opinion, the, the probably the best Quebec Nordique of all time. With all due respect, of course, to Michel Goulet. Yep. Who was uh, another great player and they had several dandies and the Stashney brothers and his uh, Peter's brothers Anton and Marianne. Uh, mm-hmm. those were the good old days, Brian. Those were absolutely. the good days. Old- yeah. Absolutely. absolutely. Hey, I just talked about Lacage. I want everyone to know that the Sick Podcast will be celebrating their one year anniversary party. We bring it up one year of the Sick Podcast with me, Tony Marinero. And on Saturday, April 23rd at 7 p.m. at Lacage de Carry on Rue des Jockeys, um, we're going to get together. We're going to watch the last game of the regular season, which is going to be the Canadians in Ottawa versus the senators we're going to hang out with a bunch of people Brian I've invited you and if all goes well we will see you there that night so I very much look forward to that that'll be kind of cool a treat for listeners and viewers of the sick podcast you'll have a chance to meet Brian Wild and of course this of course folks if everything is still headed in the right direction and we don't take a step back with everything that's happened over the past couple of years with the pandemic all right so uh, mm-hmm. On that note, I um, I want to talk about uh, Mathias Brunet wrote about this earlier on today in La Presse newspaper. He wrote about the ice time in the hockey game uh, last night. Uh, the Senators, of course, beating the Canadians by a score of six to three, which everyone knows by now. Brian, listen carefully to this five on five ice time for the Canadians' defenseman, Barron. 15 minutes, his partner, Schunemann, 1504. Edmondson, 1623, his partner, Romanov, 1741. Jordan Harris, 1756, his partner, David Savard, 1823. And as Mathias points out in La Presse, what was really awesome from Jordan Harris was that he and Savard went up against a very competent line of Stutzler, Batherson, and Formanton. And they were never on the ice for any of the Ottawa goals, with the exception of the empty net goal by Austin Watson with just over four minutes to go in the hockey game. But Jordan Harrison, just his second game in the National Hockey League. Wow. He's really good. <laughs> I can't disagree at all he is really good yeah
0: i noticed last night for sure that it seemed like romanov's pairing was the one that was getting exploited and because you're kind of you know when you're looking at this point in the season and your eyes are on jordan harris what's he going to do in his second game and what's justin barron going to do in his fifth game with the canadians you're kind of hoping that the new guys really excel because you already know what romanov can do right so you're not really looking at exactly his game so Uh, You're hoping Barron does well and continues to improve because then the footprint for the defense overall in the future looks great uh, as opposed to even three weeks ago. I I didn't think that the defense was going to really be very good last year, but now you look at Barron improving game to game. You look at Schutemann looking like he's a guy that at 26 has finally figured out to play at this level. And, you know, he's a career minor leaguer, which is crazy, right? And then you look at Jordan Harris in two games, he's already looking composed and calm it looks like he slowed down the action already to fit the speed he wants to play the game at uh i think the defense might be a lot better than anyone could have thought and i haven't even mentioned Gouli. and i haven't even mentioned Mayu, that that are two supposed you know great
2: prospects
0: going forward so Yeah. yeah they're gonna have growing pains for sure because it's pretty rare that a blue line that young tony ends up being outstanding in year one but uh it's looking a hell of a lot better than I thought it did one month ago.
1: Yeah, and let's talk about Justin Barron now. And by the way, the duo of Romanov and Edmondson, they drew the assignment of Norris Kachuk and Matthew Joseph. And yes, it was a long night for them last night. Schuneman Barron had the luxury of going up against the third and the fourth lines last night. Speaking of Barron, uh, in his seventh game in the National Hockey League, he scores his first NHL goal. Brian, we were told that his strength was his skating but my God, he looks like poetry in motion out there. I mean, the way he was able to skate right to left there and go unattended, and that very quick wrist shot that surprised a lot of people, especially uh, Forsberg, and he scores his first goal. I don't remember the last time we saw a Canadian's defenseman who was that smooth on his (laughs) face.
0: What a goal that was. What a goal that was. Yeah, I mean, that was just so full of talent. Uh, we don't get to, in a Bergevin-created team, get to see that type of talent from the blue line in terms of skating. I mean, yeah. That was the right-to-left dance the entire sheet. Beats a man, he's still walking the line, and then he uh, manages to fire it into the top corner. I mean, that was one of the smoothest goals we've seen in a long time. Tony, yeah. uh, let me add, too, that Justin Barron, I've just seen from the Canadians uh, tweeting, that he won't accompany the team to New Jersey on Thursday. So he got his ankle rolled at the end of that game. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's it. Uh, he spoke this morning about his first goal and he was pretty excited. So I don't think it's a serious injury or they wouldn't have trotted him out, but it looks like he's going to be gone for a couple days, but no big deal. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, I'm sure it's minor.
1: Brian it's it's actually an injury that's common uh I've done quite a bit of reading up on this for whatever and you know because I I, I have boys that play and stuff like that but they mm-hmm. play soccer or not but when you play at probably the highest level that you've ever played at and you play a lot of minutes what happens is is that as you fatigue a little bit the mind gets a little bit tired and sometimes your your movements aren't as automatic it's actually easier to roll your ankle I don't know if that's the way it went down I don't know if that's why it happened, but it's actually, it could play a part in that. If you play at a higher level and you're not used to playing X amount of minutes at a higher level, you get a little bit tired. Your brain shuts off at one point and an automatic movement ends up being a little bit of a rule. but anyway. So uh, you're
0: saying there's a bit of a psychological element element to getting your ankle trapped, that it's not all a physical thing, that mentally you're not in the exact same level that you were. And it can, it can impact what happens physically.
1: It's 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 a little bit of your motor skills actually getting a little bit tired too, but it's also a little mm. bit of you know, for example, you playing at uh, a level of seventy five or eighty percent, and now you have to play at a hundred percent right away all the time type of thing. It, it could have something to do with that anyway. Mm-hmm. With uh, with physio, with osteo and acupuncture and everything that they do, I'm sure he's uh, he's going to be fine. But good for him. And you know, now my question to you is. At one point is young too young. So let's look at this, Mm right? Everyone's looking at Ghoulie and they're looking at Mayu and they're looking at Harris and they're looking Mm -hmm. at Barron and they're looking at Romanov. Mm -hmm. Can you have all of them in the lineup together at the same time? Would it preoccupy you? Would it worry you? Ah that question
0: comes down to does age mean that you've learned how to win right no. be- well. because because it's not it's not going to be from a physical standpoint it's not going to be from a hockey standpoint i mean if you're a great player you're a great player yeah it doesn't matter what age you are uh-huh. what element of the equation are you lacking that means historically too many young people means losses. Like Ottawa was the opponent last night, right? Yeah. Didn't you think they would be better this year?
1: Yes. I think a lot why of are they, they would why be better this year. Why are they not better
0: this year? What are they missing? Right? I'll tell you what they're missing. Look at their first line. It's yeah. outstanding. I'll
1: tell you it's what they're what, missing.
0: But they don't know how to win yet. So I think my question is, if they have too many of that ilk, the names you just ran, all 23 and under, will they have learned how to win? which tells us, you know, to why, what are they missing? Tony Ottawa.
1: So usually, uh, you know, a lot of hockey people are of the opinion that you need more experienced players. You need some veterans. You need to add some of those to a mix of a very, very young team Mm -hmm. to kind of mentor them and show them the way. And I get all of that. that. The challenge with that though, is that if you start bringing in some of those who are actually very good players, now you're not losing with uh you know as regularly as you were and now you're not probably going to end up drafting uh as good as you can because you'll probably end up being somewhere you know 20th or 22nd instead of being 28th or 29th so i'm for going out and getting mentors i'm not for going out and signing as unrestricted free agents the Bergerons or the jerous or the latangs of this world if You are the Canadians and or the senators, because I believe you're still better off playing it out organically and and maybe having one or two more cracks at the draft and then trying to add some of those veterans. So why don't you think the senators had a better season than they did? Because they didn't surround their young players the way they probably should have. And but once again,
0: that so then the Habs could do the same thing
1: that could end up being a blessing in disguise for Ottawa because they might end up getting a very good player out of the draft.
0: But you're saying that the Habs could do the same thing. They could have the Harris, the Baron, hmm. the Romanov. Uh, Mayu could maybe work his way in in two years. Gouley's yep. going to be on the team next year. I I feel 100% certain of that. And now you've complemented them with only Savara and Edmondson, assuming Petrie gets
1: traded. Well, I think Gouley's going to be So is the blue line
0: too young? And think... then do you have a team that doesn't know how to win like Ottawa this year?
1: I think Ghouli is going to play in Laval next year.
0: I don't. I think he's going to be in the NHL.
1: Really? That could very well be. He was one of the last ones cut at the camp and stuff like that. But look, David Savard is going to be on the team. One. Uh, Joel Edmondson's is going to be on the Two. team. Romanov is going to be Three. on the team. Harris is going to be on the team. Four. And the rest, I'm not so sure. <laughs>
0: You're stopping there. Well, no, not know what
1: Baron could be, could not be Jordan Harris, could be, could not be shuneman can be, can't be. So, but you know, uh, once again, Savard Romanov Edmondson. No, Harris will be on the team. Savard Romanov Edmondson Harris,
0: you four locks, and now you're yeah. looking at shuneman as one, Baron as another. That's the sixth going right now. Gouley would be seven. So, of those. I'll take Gouli as the five for sure, and Barron and Shuneman will fight for the six. That's
1: you know, there's, there's there's talk of bringing back Chris Weidman, maybe. Um, who knows if they? Well, do, we're going to get an idea. Of their they go after Brett Kulak.
0: We? We're going to get an idea of their philosophy, aren't we?
1: Yeah, we definitely are. All right, okay. So uh, we have to get to this uh, late <laughs> in the second period. Um, Nick Suzuki takes out Tim Stutzler's knee. Nick Suzuki is not a dirty player, but it looked like it was a dirty play. Maybe it wasn't intentional, but at the end of the day, it's the result that matters. It was knee on knee. He goes down. He's in pain. Uh, The trainer comes out, and as soon as he comes out, boom, he's back up, and the Senators go on the power play, and Tim Stutzler is there on the power play. All of a sudden, miraculous recovery. Brendan Gallagher not happy at the end of the game. This is what he said in the post-game press conference.
0: You know what, Um, when I was 10 years old, our coach had a rule, if you lay on the ice, and we didn't have trainers, if the coach had to come on the ice and get you, you know, you're too hurt to play. You had to sit for minimum three shifts. He's a great player. Played against him for two, three years now. More than half the games we've played against him, he's laid on the ice and he's right back out there next shift. He lays on the ice, he acts like he's hurt, he sells a call, he's on the ice, that same power play. It's You know, there's kids watching, um, we're role models. If I was a teammate of his, I'd tell him to smarten up. Um, you know, it's uh, it's just not a good look. Very talented player, very good player. He needs to stop laying on the ice, it's embarrassing.
1: Listen, it's a great quote. We want hockey players to speak up and to give us something. Brendan Gallagher definitely gave us something last night at the end of the game, but it begs the question, A, is he right, and B, is it his place to say it? Your thoughts.
0: Uh, Well, put that way with the A and the B, uh, A, yes, he is right, but here's the caveat. Um, He could have picked a better play than that one because i've seen Stutzel pretend a lot we all have i've seen some pretty uh, egregious acting displays from stutzla and i don't think there'll be any difficulty with an argument there but he's picked the time to say it where in that particular element that's a dangerous play and and there's an instinctive fear in that play um so even though you know uh, if system would have just chosen to go shoulder to shoulder there with suzuki which he could have absolutely nothing would have happened but when you have made the decision to try to avoid that and your knee does get hit like that that's a very dangerous hockey play so even though brendan gallagher is absolutely correct that stutzler has been a big diver and and embarrassing a lot of times I don't think that time he was actually embarrassing. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think that's I a dangerous. Uh, that's a dangerous hockey play that yeah. scares hockey players when that happens. Now yeah. should, should, should have allowed that to happen. No, he should have met his man and you know had a shoulder-on-shoulder contact there. I mean, he created the risk for himself with the uh, instinct of and organic organic avoidance. Yeah. Now should Brendan Gallagher be saying it? We want talk, hockey players to talk, right, Tony? Yeah. Uh, we want good stories. We're the media. Um, if, if it's not Brendan Gallagher, who is it? I mean, it's either you say you want to allow all of them to say it or none of them to say it. There's nothing special about Brendan Gallagher that says he can say it or can't say it. So it's basically, do we want these guys to ho- talk about what's on their hockey minds or do we not want them to talk? And like when somebody says to me on Twitter, stick to sports, I want to tell him to go F himself. So I'm not going to tell Brendan Gallagher what he's allowed to say and not say. If you want to say it, Brendan, like every one of the 700 members of the National Hockey League, go ahead and tell me what's on your mind. It makes for good sports, good hockey, good stories, uh, and a more engaged audience.
1: Yeah. I I tell them, Brian, it's nice out. Go fly a kite. That's my way of... uh, It's very diplomatic. But we all
0: want them to say their story. So, Brendan, say your story. Yeah, he he said it. Again, though, could he have picked a better story, like a better moment? Yeah, Yeah. because Tim Stokes has had really, really obvious moments of, you know, kind of like soccer faking where he's hit right here and he's pretending he got hit in the face. Yeah. But that wasn't that. Well, you're right.
1: So, So, you know, when a replay shows that a stick just misses somebody. Right, or you actually grace somebody, and they're rolling that's around playing when, for dead. Yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty comfortable in coming in and saying that's faking, that's diving, that it's embellishing. Absolutely. When there's a knee on knee like that, mm-hmm. I don't like mm-hmm. to talk about that because only Stutzler knows the pain that he felt in that moment, and or fear, or fear yeah and listen, I'm gonna tell you something. athletes sometimes they get they get they get hit and the adrenaline just carries over and they want to be out there the next shift and they want to play. And then it's actually after the game or the next day that they start feeling a lot of pain because the adrenaline has worn off. so right. anyway, and right. Know, so in love. conclusion
0: yes. in conclusion, Tony, I would say if I were Brendan Gallagher, I would say to myself, okay, I'm telling everyone that he does this all the time, right? Yeah, And now I'm picking a moment that actually has some hockey danger in it to tell the world how I feel. If I'm Brendan Gallagher, I could say to myself, well, this kid does that all the time. I'll just wait till the next damn game. And he does it again. Only this time he's pretending he got a high stick in the face and he didn't actually get it. Yeah. Then he can win that argument 100 times better than he won it yesterday.
1: Anyway, even if uh, Stutzla does do it, he's a young player. He turned 20 less than three months ago. He's got 121 games under his belt. He'll learn. Sometimes you end up learning the hard way. But here's something for you. Matt Larkin of Daily Faceoff, he tweeted earlier this morning, hmm, this coming from a guy, Brendan Gallagher, who has drawn more penalties per 60 than any other player in the National Hockey League. I was not aware of that stat. So now think about this. For a second, I think what Matt is trying to insinuate is Brendan Gallagher is not the most talented player in the world. He's not the most skilled player. He's not the fastest player in the world. He's not the best stick handler in the world, but yet he has drawn more penalties per 60 than any other player in the National Hockey League. I think he's trying to insinuate that Brendan may have actually embellished on a couple of occasions to try and get the other team penalized. So it sounds like he thinks that, Gallagher of all people should not be talking.
0: Uh, I don't buy that because for me, the person that draws the most penalties per 60 is the one that you, you have a hard time taking off the puck. You know, who should draw the most penalties per 60 in the NHL.
1: Connor McDavid. McDavid. Yeah. Without a doubt. Yeah.
0: Here's the puck. And I'm going to make sure like, and then you get frustrated. You can't take it from him. And then you got to do stuff to get it from him. And then you draw a penalty. Um, you know, Jeff Follett, uh, uh, Toronto based writer, um, on Twitter, very active. I don't know if you know him, but uh, he had uh, uh, this big, big, big study that he did. Mm-hmm. And so he was doing a, who draws penalties per 60 to try to prove a case. And it was some of the worst hockey players in the NHL, believe it or not, which wow. it, when his entire theory was finished, what you were left with is that the officials actually try to even the game. That, oh, wow. that that they don't like Connor McDavid was like yeah. low, 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 low. And he should be number one. There were a lot of really high quality, talented players that hold on to the puck a lot and should be drawing a lot of penalties and drew very little. And some of the worst players in the league were the ones that were drawing the first, the highest amount of penalties yeah. per 60. And that kind of tells everybody like that the NHL, I don't know, It's a funny league, Tony. It almost doesn't really like its superstars. It it doesn't like high scoring. You know, they drop the penalties. It doesn't like wide open playoffs. Uh, I don't know. It's a funny league.
1: Uh, Speaking of which, I think I read somewhere a couple of weeks ago that uh, Hazel, who was acquired by the Tampa Bay Lightning, is one of the top five or six players in the league for penalties drawn which now you know why they went out and they acquired a guy like that because if you're at Tampa Bay and you have Kucherov and you have Stamkos and you have Palat and you have Brayden Point and you have Victor Hedman, you want to go on the power play. All right, okay. Carey Price practiced today before the Canadians left for Jersey and he's on the trip. The Canadians will be in Jersey tomorrow night and they're going to be in Toronto on Saturday. Carey Price is on the trip. It doesn't look like he's playing this week, but this is what's your level of excitement one, uh, on a score of one to 10, with 10 being the highest, what's your level of excitement of a carry Price return? And where would this rank compared to any Montreal Canadian making a return with the exception, let's leave Koivu out of it uh, when he returned from cancer, because that's obviously the most anticipated return in the history of the Montreal Canadiens history, but or, or in the history of the Montreal Canadiens organization. But, What's your level of excitement? Yes or no? Is it there? And if so, uh, how much are you anticipating this? Okay, I'll tell you what. Just for fun, let's turn this around, okay? I'm going to ask
0: you on a scale of 1 to 10 what you've just asked me. Only what my question is, what do you think my level of excitement is between 1 and 10? All right. Guess my level of excitement. 1.
1: 1 how did you know how did you know Be- because they're they're last in the league <laughs> it's a lost season and what is oh it God, possibly going to change up. right
0: i don't know how you got that that's awesome
1: yeah that you want to so know why awesome. because oh good man God. good good people think al- good minds think alike i'm not <laughs> no, crazy God. i'm not crazy about it either but at the same that's time so
0: funny i'm cracking up over that tony
1: <laughs> at, at the same time brian if he stops 50 or if he gives up seven, either way, what an incredible story it could be. Like the worst thing that could happen Uh is that he stops 28 and he gives up three type of thing, or he gives up two or three. But if he stops either 50 or either gives up seven, I mean, that'll be a big story in Montreal for sure.
0: Listen, the reason I was a one, and I don't know how you caught it because I'm sure you thought I was going to say nine or ten, but the reason I was a one and I really don't care is I already know Carey Price can stop pucks. Yeah. So it's just a matter of whether he's healthy or not. So does he need to prove every to everyone that he's healthy? Probably he needs to prove it to himself, that he just needs to get through a game. I don't think he needs to prove it to Hugo. I don't think he needs to prove it to the fans. I'm a one, so he obviously yeah. doesn't need to prove it to me. You're probably, well, I didn't get your number. What's your level of excitement? One a one. Ten. one. A one. Okay, yeah. so you're on the same page as me. We're so we don't really need to see part. anything. Yeah. yeah. All oh, right. yeah, yeah, absolutely. But yes. it's all about for Kerry. Does Gary feel yeah. like he can play a game and he wants to know that he can, so he can have a peaceful summer and look forward to the fall.
1: We brought up so many great names. I don't know. Maybe you could even get a Quebec Nordiques Jersey from sportbuffshop.com Uh Probably. Brian's wearing their t-shirt for all your officially licensed sports apparel. I'm not sure about that, by the way, but maybe you can. And our circ mer- uh, our sick merchandise. Look at the shirt that I'm wearing right now. If you're watching, right. Usually when I talk, I get paid. I like that. I came up with that one myself, by the way, it's one of my lines. Use code 615 for 15% off on all of their items. And for matrixhomefitness.ca, before we started the podcast, Brian said, are you losing some weight? And I said, I'm trying. Brian, I brought it home. I've discovered a club quality workout in the comfort of my own home. Those watching can do the same. Visit matrixhomefitness.ca. Everybody's doing that more. with COVID. Yeah, it's, it was a good idea. I have one or two more questions for you. Go. Go. I thought he was going to play last night, but he didn't. And now if Price isn't going to go here, if he doesn't play tomorrow, when will he? Who am I talking about? Samuel Montembeau. Jake Allen has been amazing. He had five consecutive games of 40 plus saves. Uh, Two games ago was 37 saves. Last night, I think it's safe to say, was a little bit of an off night for Jake Allen. Shouldn't Montembeau have played that game last night? Absolutely, absolutely. Also, in terms of like,
0: somebody tell these guys that Seattle and Arizona are like right there. I mean, yeah. these are three teams that are stuck against each other. It's going to come down to one point, two points. You don't actually want outstanding goaltending. The easiest way to stay at the bottom of the standings is put in an eight ninety or a 900 instead of a 920 or a 930. I mean, everybody knows it. And it also looks good, too, because you maybe have a goalie with an off night, but your team looks it doesn't impact how Suzuki looks. It doesn't impact how Caulfield looks. It doesn't impact that the team is very entertaining to watch. The fans are smart enough to know why the loss came in. They're entertained. I mean, there's a great mood at the Bell Center. It's not about saves. The great mood at the bell center is about the excitement that you know baron dancing all across the line caulfield scoring again suzuki looking like a, a top six c Th- that's what the excitement's all about. So Montembeau in? Hell yeah. Why hasn't he been already? Put him in for lots of games. Seattle and Arizona are yeah. too close. I mean, it looks great. You like to come in with a little better record and Martin St. Louis is happy to win and there's a good mood, but I don't think the good mood is destroyed by results that go poorly from a poor goaltending yeah. performance when everything else is expanding beautifully as it is. Yeah. So don't, don't underestimate the value of starting the balls turning when you're in the ones lot
1: yeah and you know what uh, with to marty Saint louis and kent hughes and jeff gordon the last month or month and a half under marty Saint louis whenever it was i think it was back on the 9th of february something like that uh so maybe even almost two months now uh we've had a lot of fun okay we've had a lot of fun so if you have less fun for one or two nights and by the way (laughs) you can still have fun with samuel montanbo and goal absolutely and he might turn in a beauty of a game too he should be playing though He's had some good games. Hey, look, Absolute. we're gonna end it with uh, with uh, math, all right? But uh, I'm good at math, but I'm not so sure I could pull math. this one off without a calculator. Okay. Okay, go. I'm that. gonna do something for you, all right? Okay. All right. Fifteen. All right. Yeah. Divided. Uh huh. By twenty five. Go on. I have. I'm not following in yet. Times. 82.
0: This is somebody's point total. Oh, this is Caulfield's 15 goals in the last 25 games over 82 49.2. He needs one more goal for Cole Caulfield to average out at 50.
1: He's yeah. on pace to have a 49 goal season if Since he would have own, had Marty Saint Louis from the beginning of the year time. and of course he yeah. would have he would have scored goals at that pace. 15 goals in 25 yeah. games divided by 82 games. Yeah. 20 Uh, Mm -hmm. 49.2 goals, Mm -hmm. Mm 49.2 Brian, easy rookie of the year, easy rookie of the year. And, and now all of a sudden, when we think back to Trevor egress telling us that Cole Caulfield would score 40 goals this season and he's got 16, but now when you think of that, it probably wasn't that crazy a prediction after all, was it? No, and you know what? He's probably gonna well, it'll be
0: close, but you know, at present pace, he's gonna make a twenty goal season. There's nothing to be ashamed about a twenty goal season as a rookie, especially, you know, considering what happened in the first 30 with yeah. you know, one goal. Add to that that uh uh he's found a real good partnership with Suzuki. I don't think they've found a mate yet to go with them on the oh here, I got a question for you. Yeah. I think it's a great discussion if you have time. Sure. That, what does, does it, it look like I'm the- going
1: anywhere? <laughs> <laughs> and don't here's forget, Brian. Usually, yeah. when I talk, I get paid, so we can go on for us as, <laughs> as long as you awesome. want.
0: Awesome, awesome. Okay, here's the question for you. Uh, they tried Josh Anderson. They tried a little pit lick there, right, yeah. for uh, uh, for a spell. Uh, what type of player do they need in that uh, in that other wing spot? They need a consistent Josh Anderson. So you think that they need a guy who? See, I thought it was Josh Anderson, and now I've soured on that a little bit because I also think that they don't just need a power forward in terms of an F1 who can win the puck, which is obvious, but they also need a guy that can distribute.
1: Josh Anderson
0: does not distribute very well. So even when he wins it, how well is he distributing? And I think that's why it fell off. He had six goals with those guys in the first nine games, and then he had zero goals in the next seven or eight before they removed him off that line. So in one hand, yeah, I agree. It's a Josh Anderson type, but it's a Josh Anderson type that can also distribute the puck. You've got to be able to pass it to those two, too. So the play can continue.
1: All I right? How do you acquire a guy like that? Slavkovsky. That's the only one It was, I was thinking about it. That's the only guy. Uh, he is a big six foot four winger who uh, has acceleration. He can pass and he can shoot. We saw him dominate, of course, at the Olympics as a 17 year old. He was the best player there. He's yep. the only guy because they're also, yep. you have to go out on the unrestricted free agent market. And we know uh, it's not easy, not easy to get those guys.
0: Absolutely. And I apologize to you, but it's led me to one more question. Sure. That's go ahead. Natu- that's a natural follow up then. Yeah. Tony, who do you think they should draft?
1: If they have the number one pick, I think they're going to end up drafting Shane Wright because. Well,
0: what if they have the two?
1: If oh if no, Mike- right,
0: right, it's got to be Wright as the number one, a hundred percent. I don't think anybody should debate that because it's he's a centerman who yeah. has potential to be, you know, exactly what you need so to listen, win a cup.
1: And, and I know, I know, you can attest to this, but look, we are not guys that are paid to watch all of these kids playing because anyone who tells you. That unless they do this for a living, that they're watching NHL, AHL, KHL, SHL, CHL, and all that stuff. And NCW, you you can't. So, but based on what I've heard from scouts and people Mm -hmm. who do this for a living, uh, there's not a unanimous number. There's not a unanimous pick. There's not a unanimous number two pick either. But to answer your question, I'll say Mm -hmm. this based on everything I've heard, and, and because I have some doubts with some of the other centermen available in the draft and they lack a that's little it. bit of size. Yep. If I'm the Canadians and I have the second pick, mm-hmm. I'm going to draft Slavkowski.
0: That's my choice too. Yeah. That's my choice too. And again, you know, I'm somebody that's always been saying that you cannot win a cup without uh, two top six at center, right? Yeah. So, I mean, that's been one of my mantra for a very long time. So why am I not going with Cooley? why am i not going with Savoie? and the answer is pretty simple how many people of that height are able to play at center in the nhl and find success the number is very low right now it probably starts at braden point and I can't think of another one off the top of my head that's super tiny and find success at center in the NHL as a top six. It just doesn't happen. Those two kids fit into the exact same problem that everyone except Brayden Point in the NHL right now has found before them. They got subbed out to wing because they can't dominate the middle of the sheet. So I don't like those two centers for yeah. the Canadians. I like I like a big winger that can make the Canadians have a bona wow, number one line for years to come. And I think it's Lepkowski.
1: Brian, July draft at the Bell Centre in Montreal. I can't wait. You're going to be there. I'm going to be there. It's going to be absolutely amazing. Thanks for doing this. I want to let everyone know, of course, they can watch The Sick Podcast, Brian, on all social media channels, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at The Sick Podcast. And if you're not following us on YouTube by now, please do so. Subscribe. It's absolutely for free. Tell your friends about it. Brian Wilde, Tony Marinaro, when they get together on The Sick Podcast, the podcast is sick. Thanks, Brian. <laughs> Cheers.
2: And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow The Sick Podcast with Tony Marinaro on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook. Google Play, and Apple Podcasts. The Sick Podcast is brought to you by 8.6, Intense by Nature, and Lacage. If the last time you went to LaCache was when the Habs won the Cup, it's time you went back to Lakash The menu will surprise you.